0: We need a rebel
1: Hello, and welcome to An Informed Life Radio on 1150 AM KKNW and CHD TV. I am your host, Bernadette Pager. And hey, welcome to the revolution. We are in the midst of it. This is really exciting. So much is going on in the world. And I'm really excited about our conversation today because, you know, we're really going to continue to give you the information you need to live an informed life, to live a healthy life, to live in a healthy community. The theme of today's two hours is the path to individual and community health. The first hour, we're going to focus on the individual and family, and then we're going to expand in the second hour, get a little more political um, into community health. So I want to get a little disclaimer here because we're moving into the silly season. Yes, it is legislative uh, session season in many states, and so I will be at times talking during this program and for the next couple of months about some uh, legislation, some good, some bad. So I want to give a little disclaimer here that the views expressed in this show do not necessarily represent the views of Children's Health Defense. And this episode is funded by donations to ICWA's uh, action, um, 501C4 action and um, fund. And we do thank our many, many individual sponsors, people of Washington State who believe in free speech, who believe that freedom is essential and informed consent is essential. I'm gonna go ahead and bring on my co-host, Dr. Javier Figueroa. Hello, and there he is. Hello, Bernadette. It's always so good to see you. It's good to see you as well. So this, um, this Monday in Washington State was opening day legislative session and Informed Choice Washington was there. Freezing cold rain, wind blowing, Did a rally, more than 100 people showed up, which is amazing considering how bad the weather was. And legislators, you know, they came down before the swearing in and different things. They came and went up to the mic and spoke. And there were several groups there um, with their own signs and concerns having to do with the direction that Washington state government is going in in many of this. It all concerns freedom in our great republic. Exactly. So it was amazing to see so many people day one hitting the ground running, wanting to make some good changes there. And one of the signs that we had informed choice, Washington had was informed consent is essential, you know, playing on the, you know, trying to determine whether or not your job was essential or this store was essential, you know um, they completely cut out informed consent for, for anything. And, a lot of that is coming coming to light. How are things going in Idaho?
2: So far, uh, things are moving along as well, but uh, we do have some uh, sad news. The governor of Idaho attended the World Economic Forum uh, summit in Davos.
1: Uh, he's heading there to Davos now, oh, he's I believe. There. It, he's already there. Oh, sorry. He's wow. on the
2: list. He's on the he's list. On,
1: he's on the list. That yes. is really concerning.
2: Yes, it is. Um,
1: Considering, yeah, the boasting of the World Economic Forum leaders about how I didn't they use the word infiltrate or they?
2: they- I, I will pull up the clip and basically we've infiltrated the higher echelons of government from all Western nations, so we can we we basically we, we run the show is what he's saying.
1: Yeah. This, yeah, this is very, very concerning. And um, we'll, we'll get to that more in in the second hour, um, Javier. And so I'm so glad you're following that. There's so many aspects to what's happening. We each have to find our passion and go down there and then help inform others who, you know, they're over here doing this. And you know me, I'm kind of a, I'm the public health, kind of focus on the vaccines and expand a little bit with the drugs and masks and such. But yeah, a lot of information, but we've got we've got really good news. So th- we've got a guest today that we are bringing on. Her name is Gina Webb, and she's got a, a business out here in Washington State called Moringa Tree, Moringa Tree, Tennessee. Um, I met her in, at the Weston Price Foundation conference, and Weston Price is all about healthy eating the way our ancestors did. That really feeds you body and soul without any poisons, properly prepared food. <clears throat> and I want to read to you a little bit about Gina. This She sent me this, and it's so beautiful. Um, so we can go ahead and bring her on so we can see her face as I describe her. There she is. Hey, Gina. Hey, guys. So um, you are, uh, you've got a BA and an MH. What's an MH, Master in Herbology? Uh, yeah, Master Herbalist. Master Herbalist. Owner and naturopathic uh, herbalist. So learning how to nurture our families, loved ones, and even ourselves often seems a daunting task. Though much of this fine art has been lost, more and more families are recovering its life-giving aspects. Areas of natural health, real food, superfoods, herbology, emotional healing, traditional cooking, and so much more are woven into this tapestry of vibrant living. I'm going to pause there and say I so love that. The tapestry of vibrant living. Beautiful, beautiful. So you're a, you're a beautiful writer as well as, you know, herbologist or oh. so, um, Gina embarked on this healing journey almost two decades ago with her family. Now with 10, yes, 10 beautiful children and an amazing husband. Her heart is to share what she has learned and is continuing to discover. With the foundation of true holistic healing, Gina endeavors to uncover the root problem for any health issue. She creates an individualized healing protocol with specific herbal combinations, real foods, superfoods, and whole food supplements. And she educates and checks for specific dietary needs and deficiencies. Though Gina has a dual bachelor's degree and a master herbalist certification, her real education has come through experiences and research that she has journeyed through with her family and in serving others in their paths toward real health. And Gina is available for individual or family consults. She teaches monthly workshops and blogs at wellnourishedhome.com. Welcome, Gina, to an Informed Life Radio. Hey. You know, you're the living demonstration of of what this show is about. Like what, you know, you are already where I'm still striving to be. Bravo to you. This is so (laughs) exciting that you're modeling um, really, the future of health and and how we should be living, so it, I'm so thrilled to have you on here today okay. um, could could you start for us? Tell us a little bit about your back history that led you to where you are today. For instance, let's start off to say, let's look at Gina. High school, college years, were you a holistic, eating person all the way? No, okay, so that's inspiring <laughs> for people to hear. Yeah, no, you weren't raised with a crunchy mama, and, and
3: so tell us about your journey no. to, to here. Um, so I'm Italian, my mom's from Sicily, and so we did grow up cooking from scratch, but nothing was organic. We used white flour, white sugar. Um, I went to U of M, um, I'm from Michigan originally, so I went to U of M. I mean, I partied and did all the things and I was not healthy at all. I ate ramen noodles and, you know, (laughs) like, you know, whatever you had to do to get through college and (laughs) not come out with too much of a financial burden, which I still didn't get out with. (laughs) I got some, but anyways. um, Yeah. I had no idea what I was going to do with my life. I actually changed my major seven times. Um, it was crazy. And then I ended up having um, three of my kids while I was uh, in school. And so I finished my last year and changed my major at the last minute and decided to do education so that if I ever needed to, I could work in the school system with my kids. And so um, I finished up, I was pregnant my one of my last semesters. And then um, he was born mid, like at midterms and I went back and fished up. <laughs> you know... So- I have,
1: <laughs> yeah. I have just the one beautiful child and he was born on spring break of my, because I went back to school when I was, you know, like 38 and then got pregnant that year and, and just kept going. And so anyway, yeah. Um, so I had him on spring break and then I had to finish up school, but I did a, like a extension thing where I worked out with my professors how to do it at home. Nice. So, uh, so I know what you're feeling, but I didn't have all these other children around at the time. (laughs) It was crazy town. Yeah,
3: for sure. Yeah. But yeah. So I finished up school and then, um, it was probably on my fourth, uh, child after he was born, I started questioning vaccines and things like that. And, um, and then I came in to his nine month appointment and, um, I just had a lot of questions and I just really wanted to have a conversation with the doctor about like, I'm hearing all this negative stuff. My mom is kind of, she's gotten into all natural stuff now at this point. And she, she does, she's gotten her, um, she's gotten several degrees, but she, you know, so she keeps telling me vaccines are terrible. Don't do them. And I'm like, well, I don't know why I'm like, i I think I have to, I don't know. Like, you know, I had no idea I'm, you know, in my twenties at this point, no clue. And so I just wanted to have a conversation. So I go in thinking, you know, he'll just talk to me about it like a normal person would have a conversation. <laughs> Uh, no, I don't know what I was thinking, but he, he was so mean to me. He made me feel like I was the worst person in the world for even thinking about not vaccinating. He made me feel like I was a horrible parent that my kid was going to die. If I didn't do these things, like the whole nine yards, I left there crying so hard. And I knew that I was convicted about these and I needed to talk it through with somebody who I thought was intelligent and would have an intelligent conversation with me instead of being like completely beaten over the head, you know, verbally, And so I left there vowing to never go back to um, the medical institution again. And I haven't like my kids are healthy and strong. And that was 17 years ago. I mean, he Mm -hmm. graduates this year. So yeah, I haven't gone to a doctor since for any problem at all. Like I've raised my kids all naturally. I birthed at home the rest of my children and I just, none of them are vaccinated and I, they're so healthy. I mean, they're, it's just amazing. And I mean, our whole lifestyle switched. We found Weston A. Price and started eating, you know, traditional real foods. And, you know, it was just it was just game on from then on out. So but I also knew that if my kids got sick, I wasn't going to go to a doctor. So I had to educate myself. So that's why I kind of went into herbs and um, superfoods and natural healing. And so I just I just anything I could find to read up on it, I just started learning from all of the all the greats, you know, like I would go through Dr. Christopher's stuff because he was one of the older uh, herbalists that had brought it back to the American forefront again in the 70s. And so I started studying his stuff. I got in with a few other companies that had some older herbalists that were very well, well versed and trained on like what people had done with them historically. And um, I started even branching out and finding people who foraged and could identify things. And just, um, it's just been a, a really cool journey. And so whenever there's a health problem, I just pray about it and we do some research and we we try something and if it doesn't work. You try something else and pretty soon they're better. So.
1: <laughs> wow. I, I love that. It's just it's the way it really should be, you know, and I, I, I feel like you know, eventually, the emergency situation should really true, like if you get run over by a bus, I mean, that might be hard to deal with at home. But so much of that lost art of healing in the home has been lost and some of it intentionally lost taken for us. I think there was a Joe Rogan um, meme going around recently, a a quote of his, um, you're smiling, Javier, did you see it? I was sent it. And it's something like, Oh, something like it's, it's just amazing. And there was a little cussing in there, but I, but I won't don't cuss on this show because this is aim radio, uh, a little warning. Okay. Um, <laughs> not that you would, but I
3: always forget. Yeah, that I that don't. Warning. I got to kids remember. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, that, that it's amazing how public health goes insane when individuals, um, heal themselves without their permission. Right, right. That's pretty much it. Like
4: right. How dare you, know, you?
3: How dare you? <laughs> you didn't how dare check with me much...
1: first. Right. Did you see you like check... the caveat? Always check with your doctor first. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. And and we need to this empowering, not uh, facts over fear. Don't fear disease. Be empowered with knowledge. And mm-hmm. you know, um, we've had people talk about homeopathy on this show, vitamin supplements. R- you know, healthy eating. Um, of course, ivermectin and things, which is you know, good into the drug family, but it's a semi-natural drug. Um, but you're our first, as far as I know, Javier. Well, I don't believe we've had an um herbalist on. Nope. So I'm excited to first? talk. <laughs> yeah, because they're really potent plants, mm-hmm. right? The herbs they're in there smart. are unique. Mm-hmm. What what differentiates an herb from a vegetable? I mean, you know, what's the difference between say
3: kale yeah, and think
0: parsley is an herb,
3: right? It is. I mean, it's a culinary herb. So you have culinary herbs that people use all the time, but they're also medicinal. So, I mean, we use even spices, you know, like turmeric has all kinds of properties. People Mm -hmm. are all into turmeric or cinnamon or ginger, but we cook with them all the time. So, I mean, and even I, I believe like people used to use things like burdock and other, you know, Uh, vegetables and, or, you know, herbs or whatever in their normal Mm -hmm. cooking, you know, in their bone broth or whatever. And they would just infuse them in there as an everyday thing. I mean, you think of herbal teas. Well, I mean, that's like about as, as everyday as you can get, you know, just grabbing a bunch of herbs and and steeping them and drinking them like any, you know, anybody can do that without any fear of overdosing on them or anything like that. Um, And herbs are smart. Like they don't, they don't cause you to have reactions. It's it's kind of a misnomer there. Um, it's kind of the scare away from being in the herbs, but um, they don't really cause reactions. What they do is enable your body to detox things out, and then you react to poisons or toxins that you're actually detoxing, mm. and then people uh, wrongfully blame the herb and think, oh, my gosh, this herb caused me to have this reaction. And the herb doesn't do that. Like, the herb is smart. Like, there's a really amazing quality that God put into plants of, like, how they interact in our bodies and our bodies know how to interact with them. Mm -hmm. And so it's like this really cool interplay where they don't hurt you. You know what I mean? Like they're not out, you know, they're not out to get you. (laughs) They're not going to harm you necessarily. You just have to be smart. You know, I mean, you really have to overdose, like take a ton of something for it to really bother you.
1: So, yeah. So there's a difference between, um, getting, uh, Getting it in your food and then taking it medicinally, the dosage wise. Yeah. So it seems wise to um, include some of these that have that culinary value to it in your everyday life food to get always be bringing that healing, nourishing bit. But when you go to medicinal doses with really Mm -hmm. strong tinctures and stuff, it Mm -hmm. seems like that's where you really need to consult somebody like you or yeah. get the good books and really take caution because I have heard, um, like you're saying, I mean, if you go on it too hard and heavy and you do have got a buildup of toxins that your body is sequestered yeah. off, right. you start releasing, it ain't going to feel good, right? Yeah. And your liver has to be able to keep up with whatever right. you're detoxing and, and your yeah. kidneys. So slow is good for as far as that goes.
3: Yeah. It's definitely best to have somebody guide you through the detoxing process for sure.
1: Mm-hmm. So, so let's talk about this tapestry. Um, you mentioned a whole lot of things. Um, and do you, shall we just start with your everyday lifestyle and then move toward the um, medicinal um, sure. things? You so, go. Yeah. So, th- talk to us a little bit about. Um, You know, real foods, superfoods, and just your everyday lifestyle choices. Okay. Um, So I guess for me personally,
3: like um, with a large family, um, I started just doing smoothies for my kids in the morning. Um, and it was just kind of an easy way we homeschool. So I don't have time to make a ginormous breakfast for everybody. We've got to kind of like get everybody, you know, once they have their, I have their attention we got to get it done. So, mm-hmm. um, I, w- I would make them all when they were younger, I would make the smoothie. Now I've just trained my children how to do everything. And so they do the work for me. So that's, that's a good thing you do. <laughs> you train one, they train the next one and so on and so forth. But anyway, so my number seven makes the smoothies for everybody right now, um, and he puts like Moringa in it. So Moringa is like a super food, like a multivitamin. Um, we named the cafe after Moringa because um, I actually found out about Moringa at a Weston A. Price conference. Um,
1: I know nothing about Moringa. Tell us. Expand no, there yeah. and, then, and then go it's to the fun. rest of the smoothie. Yeah.
3: So yeah. Moringa is, um, it's called the tree of life in the regions it grows in. It grows in warm areas like India, Africa. Um, we source ours from India right now. We used to get it from Jamaica. But um, Yeah, it's got like a full profile of like a a multivitamin. So it's great as a, um, you know, some cultures call it mother's best friend. It's really good as a prenatal, that sort of thing. Um, So my kids use that as their multivitamin in the smoothie in the morning. What's it look like? It's it's like green powder. Um, The tree is, um, I think it's called like the drumstick tree. It's kind of a neat looking tree. Um, But yeah, it's, I I mean, i have a picture of it, but the but when you powder it you can use the leaf the stem the pods the seeds Um, you just don't want to use the bark and the roots because those are medicinal and they can have other types of properties you may not want um and so but everything else like the green stuff is totally great um like i said i've used it as a prenatal for the past like few pregnancies and so um yeah it's it's great but it's very kind of like wheatgrass. It tastes kind of like wheatgrass. It's just kind of a grassy taste. It's not Mm -hmm. very strong tasting. It doesn't taste bitter at all. Um, So my kids throw that in their smoothies. Um, They'll throw in some other super berries, maybe some goji or um, aronia berry or something, just whatever we have around that they want to put in it. Um, And then we'll put in raw milk because I love raw milk and, um, you know, some avocados or frozen berries some raw honey. Um, and that's just kind of to get us started for the day. Um, and then, you know, they'll kind of, they'll, we'll get their schooling done. And then, um, I head over to the restaurant for the afternoon lunch rush. And, um, at the cafe, we, we make everything from scratch. Um, I make the sourdough. So I make a, a Mm. a traditional einkorn sourdough, um, for our like grilled cheeses. We get our cheese from a, a farmer in
1: Pennsylvania. They're amazing. Yeah, go ahead. Well, einkorn, that's a type of wheat, right? An ancient form of wheat. Right. It's the original. Mm -hmm. O-R-N. Okay. Yeah.
3: It's one of the original varieties. And so I try to stick with like the traditional, um, not hybridized, you know, or the modernized, I guess, varieties of things. Um, There's more nutrition in like the original grass, you know. So einkorn is a great one. There's several other ones that I really want to get, but they're super expensive. And so stuck with einkorn or spelt because they're more affordable, Mm-hmm. And easier to obtain for where I am. And so we use those for our sourdough, but I also make like a gluten free sourdough. Um, but again, I use traditional, like whole grains. I don't use white rice, I use brown rice and millet and sorghum. And so we use a lot of um, ancient grains for that. Um, and then, of course, we have like no grains at all for people to like, you know, we have um, our farmers that have uh, eggs and we have um, grass fed beef and then our chicken. So everything's organic at the cafe. Um, and as locally sourced as possible. And I think that's really key too, for one, being economical with a big family. If you source things locally from a farmer, you can buy in bulk or when you buy in season, it's a lot cheaper than out of season. So you can, you know, can or freeze and store up if you need to, um, which we've done traditionally or buying in bulk is always cheaper. So I'll go up to the Amish communities and buy 50 pound bags of this or, you know, whatever, just to make it work for our family size. Um, yeah. So. Wow. I I
1: I I want to drive to where you are and just let you feed me. Yeah. Right. It's so good. <laughs> that sounds wonderful. I love that. And you know, that's very much what Weston Price teaches. Is you know f- create that community, find all these sources. Oh, there. Yay. It went away. You had it pulled up for a second.
3: I think that one was my sister's. So there's two cafes. There's my, my sister's is Moringa Tree Organic and then mine is Moringa (coughs) Tree TN because I'm in Tennessee and she's in Indiana. Um, But yeah, same family.
1: So your sister is doing the same thing? I mean, you kind of started
3: it originally. So 10 years ago.
1: Mm -hmm. And is, is it just the two of you sisters?
3: Yeah, so she started her. Well, her husband does other things. And my husband does other things. So yeah, <clears throat> yeah.
1: that's yeah, just great. the two of
3: ours right now. We're yeah. looking at branching out, but we'll see how it goes.
1: <laughs> well, that is so wonderful. I just can imagine the amazing healthy meals that you all are eating uh, to keep you well and and thriving. This is very exciting. Um, <clears throat> oh, I've just got so many questions, Javier. Hi. Oh, there it is. There's a beautiful. So for our radio listeners, we're looking at their website and it 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 truly is beautiful. So it's uh mar- M, let's see, can I spell that? M-O-R-I-N-G-A-T-N uh dot com. Merenga T N dot. Morangatree T N T N dot and that's just a photograph it. of gorgeous fruits and vegetables all spread out. The colors just make me salivate there. <laughs> right. <clears throat> so it to? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, and that's where we want to go. I, I said the other day that I feel like when you go into a grocery store, you know how they have fruits and vegetables and then the organic section it should just be everything and then the poisoned section yeah right why right? we have to have our own special little green tag right. like yeah, this should everything. be the norm and that should be weird <laughs> yes
4: exactly.
1: yes it really should totally. be that should be the norm and that's what we want to to get to although you know buying your food at super stores needs to go away we need yes. to I you know small markets and farmers
3: markets i mean it's so and it's so intimate you can ask questions you know you go to a farmer's market and you can ask how did you raise this is this you know did you spray them like even when mm-hmm. i go to the mennonite communities i still have to go around and ask the farmers how they raised everything and what they did because i mean some of them don't know and so it's nice when you go to a small market and you can you can ask these questions and find out when i go to a store the only thing that i have is trusting the government's organic label you know and like mm-hmm. Yeah, because the, the government totally has my interest, best interest in mind. So I <laughs> yeah, you always slightly kind of like, OK, if that's the best we can do. I guess I'll go with it. But right. definitely, I think decentralizing our food, um, which is part of the reason we opened the cafe, was to um, connect our community with our local farmers <laughs> so that if everybody decides to shut down again and decide who's essential and who's not, we know where we can get our food from and people can come to us and get connected with those farmers.
2: Mm-hmm. So I'm glad you mentioned decentralization because that is a key component of uh, what needs to happen in order to uh become better acquainted with your community and participate in it.
3: Yeah, for sure. Like yeah, if we're it, all just running our own lives and nobody ever connects with each other and and you know, it's just a handful of people are controlling the food. That's that's I, not real freedom. Yeah. You know?
1: you know, that sadly became what was normal is You got a job, you bought a house where you could afford to buy a house, and then you commuted to your job. You barely knew your neighbors. I shouldn't say knew, no, because this is what, you know, this was sort of, well, we had a nice little community where I was at in Washington State, but I was not actively involved at the community level like I am since we moved to Tennessee. And the relationships, you know, I feel like now in hindsight, looking at the sort of life it was... It was really not real community. Um, I had pockets of community I had to travel to. But, you know, it's just that humans don't thrive in that. And certainly freedom doesn't thrive and health and the way things should be doing. And, you know, some humans are kind of um, we learn the hard way. And we try to do things for convenience. And I love my convenient things. You know, I mean, look at this. How convenient is this? I love right. technology. And yet we often, as I like to say, we threw the baby out with the bathwater. We didn't often know what we were losing when we took away some, the, the long way of doing something, mm-hmm. the difficult way of doing something. What are we missing? You know, the apple on the grocery store shelf that's been sitting there for three months and it was a year in cold storage might look beautiful, but you analyze it for nutrient content it's not the same thing as that apple in your backyard or that you got from the local farmer. It's just not. And our bodies know, our bodies know the difference. They do. Totally. Yeah. So talk to us then, you know, I love what you model. Oh, one thing before we move on, I wanted to ask you, you know, you raised your children in this and a lot of times children for a while rebel against how they were raised. Are you finding that your older children are wanting to continue this lifestyle or is that too personal of a question for me to be asking you? (laughs) Nothing's
3: too personal of a question for me, but um, no, I mean, yeah, no, my oldest ones, um, actually the chefs at our restaurant are my kids. My oldest two boys cook at my cafe. Um, The one, my 23 year old works at my sister's cafe um, and actually has been training the chefs there. And then my next um, oldest boy, he's 21 is the main chef at my restaurant. Um, And then the next one down from that is my son who's going to graduate this year. And he run, he does all the cleanup and dishes and everything. Um, And my oldest daughter, um, she, I mean, she, I mean, she kind of ate out a little bit, but not like, she could totally tell the difference on how she felt because she'd eaten so clean. Like we eat so clean, it's ridiculous. And so even just eating out once, she was like, yeah, this isn't worth it. Like, you know what I mean? Wow. So, you know, just to be able to feel like sluggish and not feeling, you know, your stomach feel off. And then you're like, did she pick up parasites at a restaurant? I mean, there's like all these things you just, she already knows because she sees me working with people and she knows where people pick up all this, these damages and all these poisons and harm. So they all know, like, it'd be different. I think if I didn't educate my kids along the process and I was like, this is just what we do. But being a homeschooler, you know, I I think that it's very important that I teach my kids about everything and why we do everything we do. So we watch the food documentaries. I explain to them when, you know, when I have clients that have problems, how they got those problems. I mean, I don't divulge their name and all that right. sort of thing. But, you know, just to know, you know, yeah, they picked up this worm because they ate at this place. Like, or they, you know, they they have the diabetes problem because they ate too much, you know, sugar, drink, drink, drinking pop or doing whatever. And so... I think just kind of watching and the same thing with the vaccines, you know, like um, they saw like our fourth one had a reaction to one of the vaccines and he, the, the typical reaction you see for children going into the autistic spectrum, he developed those symptoms overnight and it, it freaked us all out. And, um, and I went to, uh, it was the first time I went to something natural healing, it was like an essential oil workshop. And I put a bunch of oils on him and stuff. And he started detoxing that night. He went nonverbal on me and just like a totally different kid, total flip of a switch. And I was just praying over him. I'm like, this is not happening. Um, And like by the next morning, he was fine. He was completely normal back to himself. And I was just so thankful, one, for the miracle. But two, like to see that natural things put on him could totally help heal someone's body. And so, Mm -hmm. and it also let me know that what we were doing, that my my conviction was right. Like those things are poison and they could totally cause somebody to, you know, lose part of their, their functionality in areas. And so um, that was another huge thing that kind of pushed me away from that whole industry. Um, was seeing it myself real, you know, you can't Mm -hmm. tell somebody who's experienced an injury that it doesn't exist. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, Okay. (laughs) You didn't live in my
1: house for, you know, whatever. (laughs) So yeah, enough gaslighting. It it happened. I saw it and it, and I, when you go to see around the world and you hear every other parent's experience and it's identical what you experienced. Yeah. Yeah. It's so um, well, good on you. I'm glad you recognized it and and you were able to recover so quickly that is fantastic that the yeah, um the God. oils uh did that how old was your son was that like at the two year or the 18 no months? well
3: so that that nine month visit was the last time he got anything so he would have gotten mmr which is the one that usually does oh you
1: yeah
3: and so, so we
4: it was at said twelve
3: he... months that i detoxed him and he okay. started so it was a little bit later, it was delayed, or maybe it was like 10 months, but it wasn't like the day after he got the vaccine.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, although my dad, not- which is weird, my dad noticed a change in him and I didn't because we were going through some stuff like with my older kids and I was just not really paying attention to it. But he's like, do you think there's something wrong with you know, your son? And I was like, what do you mean there's something wrong? There's nothing wrong with him? What are you talking about? And I was all offended. And um, But later we look at pictures of him and he had that kind of glazed look. Um, yeah. And so I was just like, oh, my gosh, I didn't even I didn't even think about it, you know. And so but when he detoxed, it was obvious, like, yeah, that was totally hurting his brain. Oh, my gosh. You know.
1: And was he an early speaker? Because you said, well, not early, but had just a couple of words because you said he went nonverbal there for a little bit. Yeah. I mean, he was he was,
3: you know, talky like he would look at you. He was very, you know. I mean, he was engaged, you know what I mean? You know, yes, a normal gotcha. developing okay. child, you can tell like they're engaged, they're with you, They're they're happy, they respond to you, they laugh, they point at things, they, you know what I mean? They're totally yes. there with you. Yes. They're present in the moment and focused on you. Yeah. And when you have a kid that, doesn't even think that you exist and is so and then they're screaming. Oh yeah. Nonstop screaming. You're like this is not the same kid I literally just had. It's not even what just
1: happened here. And so it was It's the encephalopathy. It so it's yeah. brain swelling that kicks in.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That was
2: well, crazy. I had a quick question because since you've you've homeschooled, how many hours a day do you do a homeschooling for the kids?
3: Right? Um so my so my youngest is in um let's see second grade this year and so I have my older kids help with the younger kids when like I have to go so in the afternoon I've set up a program where my older kids read to my younger kids so that they get their reading time in that way and their history yeah so in the morning I do the intensive subjects like I'll do math and language arts um and just kind of make sure that we get through all of the you know three hours, you know, get through your basic reading, writing, arithmetic type thing. Um, And so that is probably about two, two and a half hours. We'll knock it out. And then um, they'll probably have another hour and a half maybe in the afternoon of reading time and things. And then I really stress nature and going outside and letting, you know, like they need to be outside as much as possible. So they have outdoor time, nature study, Um, we're really big on classics. So they read classic literature, listen to classical music, you know, we study the classical artists. Um, so just all things good and beautiful, you know, that I'm just trying to fill, you know, their minds with and just keep them in a, you know, so that their, their frame of reference and their perspective comes from that the world is good. God created things good. It's beautiful out there. Like, yeah, there's a lot of things that are messy but if you are raised with this innate knowledge and, and innate knowing that ultimately it's meant to be good i think it really helps to give you the hope and the perseverance that you need to mm-hmm. make it through and make a change in areas that you find are wrong or unjust or whatever
2: um just it amazes me that you know homeschooling the the amount of time that is actually devoted to teaching in homeschool versus what's allowed or what's taught in in the public schools or the larger schools it's mostly about managing large groups of people versus what you learn. educating, educating yeah. a small group in a, in a concentrated fashion. Yeah. It, it just, it still blows me
4: away.
3: Yeah. I mean, they're there for what, like six to eight hours, like, and for what it, I mean, I remember my training, most of it was behavioral management. And when I went in for my um, student teaching, the big thing that turned me away from ever wanting to teach in the school system um, was that the kids were all educating each other. I wasn't teaching them anything like they wouldn't either listen to you. They didn't care. They didn't want to be there. Um, They were more interested in what, you know, fashionable something was going on or if this was cool or what so and so did. And nobody cared to be there. And so it was like, why am I going to come and show up and teach these kids that they don't want to be here? They don't they're just forced to be here for so many hours a day. Um, And it's just training them to be, you know, follow directions, do what you're told, listen to your authority figure and just, you know, make sure you listen to the bell. And like, it's crazy. You know, you read the public schooling like model and why they created it the way they did. If you ever read John Gatto. um, Yeah. Taylor, whatever. Yeah. Like great stuff, New York school teacher. Um, But anyways, just looking at the way they created it, you're like, wow, that's a lot of wasted time for a child where they could be doing so many other things, you know, um, mm-hmm. You don't need to dedicate that much. I mean, who wants to sit and study something when you're seven years old, you want to sit in front of like books and, and paper, like what kid wants to write for four hours? Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> exactly. They'd much rather be outside building a fort. So let them. <laughs> I mean, a lot of kids think visually, you know, they think in pictures, they don't think in words, they don't think in dialogue. They think through, you know, visual things. So putting things before them that they can visualize how to put things together, you know, like shop classes have disappeared. But that's such a huge needed thing that, that we have people that are able to think with pictures and put things together instead of sourcing out all of our oh, total different tangent. But it's just kind of a pet peeve of mine. We source out so many things and we could be doing them here if we would just let our kids, you know, do what they're bent mm-hmm. to do instead of mm-hmm. sticking everybody in an academic peg. So -hmm. anyways, it's all connected.
2: It's all connected.
4: (laughs) Yeah, it really is. It is,
3: you know, independent and being able to, you know, maintain our freedom is so important that we're not reliant on everybody else to do the work.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So, So, yeah. And this is why I'm so excited is all of this is bubbling. So many things are bubbling to the surface of what we really need to really thrive as humans to have this vibrant tapestry, as you call it. Totally. Um, So let's talk about. So you're you you've given us a great example of of how to live and choose foods and have a nurturing uh, environment in which to raise children and to live and run a business. Um, so illness comes along, and that's where people have that fear. And so, talk to us about treating um like just t- transient in illnesses come along: colds, flu, COVID, whatever. Sure.
3: Yeah. Um, so when someone gets sick, I have a, um, I actually teach a class on this, several of them. Um, I call them Dr. Mom workshops. Um, this is after, my youngest. Hello. I nice was <laughs> you. how long it would be before he showed up. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so like, for instance, if a kid gets the sniffles or something, I'll just put on some herbal tea. We'll have tea time. Um, I do have a, a super immune formula that I created based off of Dr. Christopher's, um, he has an anti-plague formula, which you can't call it the anti-plague because of FDA regulations. So it's called the uh, super garlic immune now. Um, And so there's several different formulas that if you look at like, um, I love his stuff, very simple. Um, And Nature's Sunshine also has several really good things. Herb Farm is another easy line to get anywhere. And they've labeled things very easy to figure out respiratory support or, you know, daily immune builder or whatever. So These things are labeled. They have dosage amounts on them. They even have a kid's line. So they have the kid's dosage amounts on them. So it makes it a lot easier when you're not familiar with herbs. Um, But as an herbalist, I already have like tons of, I mean, I have a well-stocked apothecary, you know. (laughs) of all kinds of things. And so, I'll just go through and give them tinctures of this that and the other, you know, of whatever they're exhibiting. You know, if they have respiratory issues, then I'll I'll give them respiratory support herbs, you know, like andrographis or molin or um and then I'll make them teas and give them lots of superfoods, lots of super berries, um like amla and goji and things that have natural antioxidant vitamin C um qualities in them. Uh, we make sure they don't do any sugar then because sugar deactivates your immune system for about 24 hours. Um, even like natural sugars that we use in my house, like succinat, which is like the most unrefined form of sugar cane, it's sugar cane natural. Um, but, anyways, um, even that, I would just kind of let them take a break from that and just do raw honey or stevia. Um, and then just giving them bone broth too. Like I think that bone broth is really under um, underused when people are sick because it's a really good infusion of minerals and nutrients and stuff to build them up when they don't have much of an appetite. Which is totally fine if they want to lay on the couch all day and do nothing. That's fine. Like let them heal and get better. Um, and I'll just bring them broth. A lot of times that's all they really want is some broth or a smoothie or some juice. Like I'll make them a fresh juice. Um, you know, baths are great, but. I know one of my friends, she always just gets them a hot bottle, like a hot water bottle and lets them sweat it out. Like depending on their age, just, um, you know, go get under a blanket with your hot water bottle and sweat it out. And like, don't even mess with all this stuff. Fevers aren't your enemy, you know, um, Suzanne Humphrey, she's really great with, uh, teaching people on that, um, that fevers are part of your natural immune system to cook something out of your body that shouldn't be there. And so you don't need to smack it. Like she says, you don't want to smack down the, the, um, you know your your daughter the alarm alarm clock when you're supposed to be telling you what's going on you know
1: or your. Right your attack dog or whatever. So yeah. um, I always but, say like, you know, you don't want to lay down your soldiers in the middle of a war. You, exactly. You know, you take, you like take proven been or Tylenol, your soldiers yeah. lay down and then the enemy comes in. Right. It's like, what, what are you doing? Yeah, totally. <laughs> Rouse the troops. Right? Yes.
3: Yes, totally. Yeah. So I just give them a, a bunch of herbs and superfoods to equip their immune system to do what's designed to do. Like we're not in, I, you know, I try to educate my clients and, and people that, we're not at war with with microbes, you know, I'm not at war with viruses. I'm not at war with bacteria. If they show up, you know, then my immune system was designed so amazing to work, you know, and be able to clear things out that don't need to be there. I'm not, I don't need to be afraid of something microscopic. Um, I'm bigger than that. You know, I'm bigger and madder than that, you know, so, and I have an amazing virome and amazing, you know, bacteria in my, in all my systems that help to heal. Um, And fight off and keep all the bad guys in check. So if we kind of come at it from that point of view and not being afraid of it, you know, um, you're more empowered to know that you can totally conquer this, you know, so, and we've dealt with everything. I mean, I think the only thing my kids really haven't had is chicken pox, which is really weird because I've been around, they've all been around people who have had chicken pox,
1: but they never got it. I don't know. Well, you know, it it could be that you've got them, their immune system's so strong that it wasn't, you didn't (laughs) see it visibly. And they might have had one little spot that you never found. That Um, might be it. Yeah. When my son had chicken pox when he was little, he got like five dots. And I was searching for him and, you know, he was swapping (laughs) kazoos with his best friend and we were trying to make sure he got it. And um, so you just never know. You don't have to express symptoms, correct? In order to develop unity, something you're exposed to, you know, and um, the healthier you are. So what about individuals who come to you um, and they have some chronic health issue that they want to overcome? And that's a whole different, a different journey. Can you talk yeah. sort of about that and and the hope that you give them compared to like probably doctors are telling them there's no cure here. Take these drugs just to subdue your symptoms. Right.
3: Yeah. Um, so when someone comes to me, I I usually let them just kind of tell me their story. Um, you know, I just like to hear what they've done, what they haven't done. Um, you know, what's happened in their life—any traumas or accidents or surgeries or just whatever's bothering them, you know, that, that, um, you know, because emotionally, mentally, spiritually, you're all one person. So everything interplays into your health. And so um, I really like to find the root issue of what's going on. And then we need to edge, you know, a lot of it is education. Like you can't mm-hmm. keep doing that to your body if you want it to heal. You know, also you can't think this way. If you want yourself to heal, you can't claim a disease and then expect to heal from it because you claimed it, you owned it. And so a lot of times I, you know, I have to pray with people and just kind of like break that off of them. that Like you don't own this disease. It doesn't own you. So just say I'm overcoming this or I have symptoms that are this, but you know, that doesn't define you. You know, you yeah. you're not a diabetic. You're not, you know, whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. You know, don't, don't give that as
1: your label. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I you go through, yeah, go ahead. Well, I just want to interject real quick. Um, because you're not a doctor. Um, But you're like a health coach. And so this conversation here isn't giving, you know, a medical advice to anyone. You're a health coach. And when people come to you, you help coach them in lifestyle behaviors that your education experience have shown them can help them. Totally. but you're you're not a doctor i just wanted to make sure yes. we got that okay yeah thank
3: you. i have lots of disclaimers all over my stuff so yeah
1: yeah
3: yep i always have a disclaimer i start my class with a disclaimer <laughs> okay. Okay. but yeah i'm not a doctor don't want to be a doctor i'm just here to give you information um So yeah, then I'll set up a protocol with people and um, the root issue for a lot of times is um, either parasitic garbage, like that they picked up somewhere. Um, It also can just be poison from backlog of vaccine if they were military or other things. Um, They have all that to clean out. Um, Or it could be medications or just a toxic lifestyle of, you know, bad food or choice, lifestyle choices. And so um, I'll set up a detox protocol for them that is you know, safe and effective, that it will clear out all of the pathogens and start cleaning out their blood, but in a safe way that they can handle, like you said at the beginning, you know, that their liver and their urinary tract and everything could handle it. Um, so we set that all up. It, it usually includes like um, specific herbal formulas that I've created um, and then some tea formulas to help wash. And then we'll have um, specific supplements that have like, or, yeah, like a lot of orbital supplements and Chinese. Blends that have specific things that are helpful. Um, and then I'll bring in um, like superfoods um, to help kind of bring in, um, you know, extra amino acid or multi, you know, like a multivitamin support, but in a food form. Like I don't like to give them a lot of like, you know, like, I don't know, you know what I mean? Like concentrated um, vitamins yeah. and stuff. It's better to mm-hmm. get it from food. And then mm-hmm. we'll sit down and talk about diet for a little while and I'll just kind of walk through and try to help them to be successful. So ask them like, what's your favorite meal? Or, you know, how would this be difficult for you to implement? And so, and then we also talk through like water supply and making sure that they have clean water because that's a huge one too. You're drinking tap water, you're drinking just Brita or fridge filter. is not going to, you know, you can still get parasites and all kinds of toxins that way. So we kind of go through that and find, you know, make sure that they're successful there. And I have a whole meal plan I can help them with or just whatever because, and then we have the cafe. So really, if they don't even know where to start, they can do meal plans with me, and they can come in and get five lunches a week, or you know, their breakfast smoothies for the whole week, or even dinners. Like we'll send them home with dinners. Um, so I mean, we do sourdough pizza for families. Uh, it just I mean, it's really fun. So whatever people need, I'm just there to kind of help them. We just start up these juice cleanse packages so people can do a juice cleanse uh, fast if they want to, where they just do liquids basically Mm -hmm. to help, you know, reset their gut. So um, just anything that they need to kind of, you know, get there, I'm just to help them be the bridge to to make it a, a real lifestyle change where it's not just oh i got healed for you know a month and then i got back into all this trash yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> you know this could I, be a I whole w- lifestyle shift i wish you had a third sister that could could set up shop here in <laughs> east tennessee and i and i think uh, javier wants one in idaho there so. right, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah and yeah. you know i you know i'm just thinking how cool would it be if it was associated like with an Airbnb or a little cabin, and so you'd go on this little oasis like to visit you, yeah, retreat, yeah, and have this food and have this learning experience. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe one of your kids will want to take up yes. that part of the operation. The that is definitely
3: on the agenda. Like that's one part of our dream is to actually have a retreat center where we can host these sort of things where we help them just kind of make their whole lifestyle change. You know, kind of like the cancer clinics. So you can go there and spend like a couple weeks or whatever, and they show you. How to cook and everything very similar to something like that where it's a retreat center and you take a week away and and it's just all crash course you know and we cook together mm-hmm. and we just we eat together and we talk and just you know it's very healing emotionally mentally spiritually not just you know physically yeah. so definitely it's on
0: on my I list of things today.
3: yeah Put me on the
1: wait list <laughs> i'm there yeah, that, that really sounds pretty awesome. And we're down to like the last about four minutes or so um, of the show. Is there anything that I forgot to ask you or that we haven't covered that you would like um, listeners to know? Besides this Hello little monkey, guy. i yeah. <laughs> The radio it's listeners, we got this cute little kid who's giving us his little eyeballs and showing us his missing teeth. I know, right?
3: <laughs> <laughs> Coming in. Um, I don't know, I guess if there's anything else you can think of, like, um, to help people not be afraid to try and take on sickness at home, you know, like they there's a on my well nourished home website, there is a medicine cabinet list that I have for people if they want to look that up and um, Mm -hmm. start collecting some of those items. Um, There's also um, several other posts on there of like, uh, a what if um chart yeah. like if i have this what can i take naturally for it like a uti then you could take you know this that mm-hmm. and the other so i, I have do one baking of
1: soda i love the baking soda cure have you ever done that one do you use that in any of your approach we'll have to talk about that one it's yeah one. for sure um, yeah yeah that's great there's more of a need for that and Um, Listen to me planning on air, but I would love to do some webinars with you for some organizations that I work with, you know, where, you know, I think that an ongoing basis, there is this huge need for parents to be able to tune in regularly and Mm -hmm. learn because when that fever hits or when the fear mongering begins to go around them, if they don't feel confident and they don't have that somebody like you to refer to, to help guide them. Um, they in their in that fear they might go do um go grab you your know, antibiotics and your steroids and yeah. yeah. Or, or give it to the pressure or feel bad that they didn't choose mm-hmm. you know, a vaccine or something. And yeah. we want people to make their decisions from fully informed, not fearful yes. places. Totally, yeah, yeah. So I, I absolutely love what you are doing, Gina. It's such a. I'm so glad that we met. Yeah, that was an it was amazing so cool. conference. The number, the people, the people that we interacted with and met. I mean, it's spurring so much. Where, yeah. Um, yeah. So I That's look great. forward to. I'm so glad you're here in Tennessee to working with you on. Yeah. Uh, have you back on and um so tell us a little bit we got probably one or two minutes tell us your website again and and what sort of resources are there for people
3: okay so um our cafe is com, and that's just for our like food if you're in the area and you want to come by to eat um my website that i've been blogging at for i don't know probably 15 years is wellnourishedhome.com and on there. um I have resources for just how I've healed things naturally myself. So yeah, there's my reference chart. So like oh, I, I use that, that as a teaching guide. Um, that's us at our farm. Like we're, we're up at uh, an organic farm we used to live on. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of things. I, I healed myself of uh, gestational diabetes naturally. I healed myself Ooh. of hypothyroidism naturally. Um, so there's a lot of testimonials of different things that I've had to deal with. Um, And each kid has had their own issues, you know, of things that they've had to deal with. And so a lot of the testimonies of how I did it are on my website. But yeah.
1: Thank you, Gina. This has been a wonderful episode. Thank you for joining us on an Informed line. Yeah. On 1150 AM, KKNW and CHP TV. We're going to take a a few minute break and we'll be back and we'll be talking more about expanding what you heard today, the concepts into the community. Uh, We'll be right back.
0: If you're looking for a publication that delivers honest takes and critical insights into the issues of our day, then look no further than The Flame Paper. The Flame Paper is written for the people, by the people, who aren't afraid to challenge a mainstream narrative, be it health care, voter fraud, political correctness, or even the one world government. The Flame is full of timely articles, reports, and expert advice written by freedom-loving, truth-telling experts, journalists, and concerned citizens. To subscribe, go to The Flame USA, Com.
1: During this unprecedented response to an infection outbreak, it has been made very clear that shutting down lives and businesses is not sustainable or repeatable. We've also learned that it's unnecessary. Treatments exist and always exist. For 99% of the population, nutrients and oxidative therapies that support the immune system and improve symptoms are always available to address viral infections. That's Healthy Immunity Now.
5: Org. Informed Choice Washington
2: is a nonprofit organization that advocates for healthy immunity, medical freedom, and fully informed medical consent. The right to make medical choices without coercion is fundamental to our civil liberties and a basic principle in all human rights declarations. To learn more, tune in each Friday from 3 to 5 p.m. to an Informed Life radio and visit the website informchoicewa.org. It's time to take a stand for medical freedom. Go to informchoicewa.org org today
0: we need a
1: Hello, and welcome back to an Informed Life Radio on 1150 AM KKNW and CHD TV. I'm your host, Bernadette Pager, and with me is Javier Figueroa. Hi, Javier. Uh, great first hour. Gina Webb is so isn't she?
2: Oh, that was such a wonderful, uh, just uh, uplifting story.
1: Yeah, 10 kids and this... Everything, learning, the organic, the teaching, the herbs. And I mean, my goodness, what an inspiration she is. And because and she didn't come from that, just discovered it and taught herself and now is sharing with others. So, you know, it, remind me if I forget, but I got to push it out to my peeps out there. Say, so I'm going to say, hey, Gerald and Lisa, you keep me on this now. We're going to have Gina on. We're going to do some <laughs> webinars. Yes. Because seriously, we need these people like Gina. <laughs> regularly if we do these events where they can go and learn and places they can consult so they can begin to really understand you can heal yourself at home right you 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 are empowered uh to do this um and uh so so yeah, so I just wanna keep moving in, in that direction. It's I think it's very exciting. And then I'm gonna give my little disclaimer again. As I did in the first hour, in case you're just now tuning in, we are in legislative session time. And during this time, I might occasionally mention legislation that we're for and against. So I just want to say the few views expressed in the show do not necessarily represent the views of Children's Health Defense. This episode is funded by donation to Informed Choice Washington's C4 fund. And we thank our wonderful donors in Washington state who uh, donate generously in order to keep truth on the air. Somebody um somebody on was oh it was Senator Ron Paul was interviewed on a radio station out here in Tennessee recently and he said one of the last vestiges of true freedom, freedom of speech is talk radio. And I'm like I'm just so happy and proud to be part of that talk radio community. And we are so appreciative of the funding. If you're not now giving to uh, informedchoicewa.org, I do encourage you to give to our organization because we try to bring information you need to be an active citizen, to leave an informed life, to make informed decisions. Um, and then also what Javier and I want to discuss this hour, you know, take that idea of holistic healing approach to outside of your family, to your, your community, to your local community where things can get, can get done. And, you know, like I want to say in, in Washington state right now, there's a couple of counties where the last elections of local folks put some really amazing common sense. I'm done with this nonsense people on different boards, Commissioner boards, county commissioners, health boards and whatnot. And they're working through this great system of government that our republic has with checks and balances and getting elected, listening to the people to try to improve things where they are. And it's very exciting to see that change is going to be happening at that local level and bubble up. So a lot of scary things we might be talking about coming from the top down, but we can fix things from the bottom up so that those things at the top cannot permeate to us and cannot touch us. That's how the country was built, right? Exactly.
2: Just- yeah. One of the great things about the, the, the American experiment in, in um, uh, self-governance is that there's 50 laboratories for democracy or uh, republics. That are are being implemented every time that people vote locally and participate locally, and then mm-hmm. of course is the federal government, which is a, a study in centralization and technocracy, which is basically yeah. grabbing as much information and data as possible to try and control as much as possible from a central location.
1: Yeah. Now, it wasn't until I became very active that I understood that we don't live in a democracy. We live in a republic because we grew up with that word. Oh, you know, democracy is wonderful. We're going to go fight this war for democracy. And, and you know, I didn't question it. I didn't really understand it. I was going to pull up democracy versus um, republic but is that something that you feel versus um, what's that word i'm looking for it starts with a v as far as um, anyway can you explain the difference or do you want me to
2: so so democracy is <clears throat> the action of the majority where a majority decision is made and that is implemented demos is mean, means the people and democracy means uh, the the voice or the will of the people um, republics are basically putting a, a legal as well as a procedural barrier between the voice of the people and what the government or the, and, and what's interesting is that government is gober means to rule, mente means the mind. So government Ooh. is to rule the mind.
1: Oh, good heavens. And that's really what they're moving toward in some of the technologies that they, you know, well,
2: and again, wow. it's, it's the rule of the mind that's important because how mm-hmm. you think about processes and how you think about how laws and uh, social uh, institutions are, are uh, adjudicated and created and implemented, those are important features. Republics mm-hmm. have a representative that basically has to balance out the uh, needs of the majority while at the same time protecting the, uh, the rights of the minority. And again, it's mm-hmm. always this tension of majority-minority. The, yeah. the great joke uh, in, you know, in, demo- in, in direct democracy is that direct democracy is two wolves and a lamb uh, arguing over what's going to be for lunch.
1: Say that again. <laughs> so
2: so uh, um, <laughs> popular democracy is two wolves and a lamb arguing what's going to be for lunch.
1: What's the two wolves and a, and lamb.
2: a lamb arguing what's for lunch?
1: So obviously the lamb is lunch, right? exactly.
2: <laughs> and with with a republic, it's more of okay. This is a farm. The horses, the goats, the dogs, the sheep, the pigs, the chickens, uh, and all the critters all are part of a, a a discussion where you have the sheepdog, the farmer, some of the foxes, and all the other critters around there having to interact with each other to make to have basically a a, a modus vivendi or uh, a a way of living where everything is balanced out, where you can actually have different uh, interest groups and different opinions uh, basically competing and and balancing out against other majority wishes.
1: Mm -hmm. Right. Okay.
2: So that, that is the major definition of a, and it's a very high level definition of democracy versus Republic.
1: Yeah. And then I just found it. We'll see. Thought code. Um, dot com. I've never seen this website. Understanding types of government, it says. In both a republic and a democracy, citizens are empowered to participate in a representational political system. They elect people to represent and protect their interests and how the government functions. Key takeaways, it says. Republics and democracies both provide a political system in which citizens are represented by elected officials who are sworn, sworn to protect their interests. In a pure democracy laws are made by di- directly by the voting majority leaving the rights of the minority largely unprotected which is just what you said.
2: Exactly. That
1: okay? In a republic laws are made by representatives chosen by the people and must comply with a constitution that specifically protects the rights of the minority from the will of the majority again what you just said. Very good. Exactly. Yep. And so, the United States, while well, basically a republic, is best described, though, as a representative democracy. So we were founded as a republic, but we have become a representative democracy. Now, we hear a lot about minorities. but from my point of view, minority groups, I'm not talking yes. about like race or gender yes. or whatever. I'm talking about, you know, some 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 group of people, there's not as many of them or as everybody else who defines something else in a different way. And then we try to work, I say, we as a society try to work very hard to make sure those minority groups are not trampled on. Correct. So we, but what, what I really see is that what gets trampled is the individual. Correct. If you don't belong to the flavor of the month minority group, your individual rights don't matter. You know, and exactly, you know, and they really like to play minority groups against individual rights. So, in in the state of Tennessee and in the state of Washington, I'll read Washington's, the um, Section one, the very first thing they say in the Washington state constitution is all political power is inherent in the people and governments derive their just powers from the consent of the governed and are established to protect and maintain individual rights. Okay, now, so I want to talk to you a little bit, Javier, about something you and I are getting up there in years compared to some other people, right? When I was in my 20s, I was idealistic. I, 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 I believe that there were aspects of socialism that made sense that were just and kind and making sure nobody starved. Everybody got taken care of to a certain degree. I did understand work value and ethic, but from a very naive place, a very utopian sort of idealistic place without understanding human nature and corruption and all that can go wrong. So what I feel this shift from, really those Republican values of individual rights moving more toward, um, what did did I say it was? It was um, representative.
2: Yeah, communal uh, majority or flavor uh, of the month.
1: Representative democracy. Um, That type of system can be easily corrupted and captured by by entities who profit from it. Absolutely. As we have seen, you know, with COVID, the, everybody's saying your your individual rights have to be set aside for the greater good. Yeah. And then entities who, you know, we know that are they're lying about every aspect of it, but they I'm not explaining myself very well, but you're nodding, so I'm hoping that I'm getting no, no, no. my and point across. You
2: you are getting your point across. Okay. The, the big push has been towards so one individual rights are paramount and central to the way that the constitution of this country has been set up both at the national level and the di- individual state levels. Some yes. states have more pronounced uh, representation for individual rights than other states that yeah. focus more on community. Uh, and it's always a balance. It's always a trade-off. You know, yes. it's always a trade-off. And it's, it's you know, what, what economists say, you know, there's never a perfect choice. There's always, there's just trade-offs. So one yeah. thing that's been, that was learned Quite, uh, you know, both by experiences that individual rights are really the foundations of a just society, and mm. the, the real core, the real core of the United States Constitution, as well as each state constitution, is mm-hmm. one uh, of the first rules in medicine as well: first, do no harm. As long as you don't harm anyone, you're mm-hmm. free to do anything you want. As long as it doesn't harm anyone, take yeah. anyone's pocket. Or steal anyone's property or person
1: yeah well is- and and the reason why um powerful entities have always attempted to some degree to control people through fear and now we know the fear of disease, communicable disease, is it's, it's like this pipeline of pandemics on their way. They've told Correct. us the next one is coming. It's going to be this dangerous. It's going to, you know, they keep doing all these event two hundred one type events, yes, to you know to prepare for it right in front of our eyes. Um, they're trying to tell us that your rights end when your choice might endanger somebody else's life, and on theory, I. That seems to make sense. But a couple of things here, Javier. Um, (laughs) Especially because they try to push a product on you. Yes. Okay. So I like to say, my individual human rights do not end where your product failure begins.
2: Ooh, that's a good one. That is a damn good one. Yep.
1: So you wear the mask if you believe it protects you. But I'm not going to wear one because your mask does not protect you. If you believe the shots work and are protective for you, you go ahead and get it, but I'm not getting one because your product fails to protect you, right? If you need more protection, you go get more protection, but you can't enter my human rights Mm -hmm. um, because your products do not do um, what you had hoped they would do. Exactly. Um, And then so And they've been using this, they've been weaving this into the society, into the culture for decades now, um, saying that you, they've been saying for vaccination for a long time, their campaign messaging is, oh, you don't do it for yourself, you do it for grandma, but product, you we know it's not based on product cap- capability. You know, I bring everything back to vaccines, but it applies to a broad range of. Of, of subjects. But the evil brilliance, really, of using fear of communicable infection to control people is you put out the lie that, you, that even if you have no symptoms um, and even if you test negative, you might still spread a disease to somebody who will five people later give it to grandma. Um, you can use that to control people, to turn people against each other, to willingly give up their freedoms. Uh, to to do a whole lot of things. And that's why it's so important for the individual to stand strong in their, their rights guaranteed under their state constitution, under the national constitution. And here's the thing, if a product was truly safe and effective, the majority of people would voluntarily choose it, right? And if an action... That, that is being proposed for them to take, even if it's not like the mask or vaccines or whatever, is truly something that would be helpful. I believe in the goodness of individuals. I truly believe people will do what is best for the community if they truly believe it to be best. You know, you might have some outliers who, who say, no, nope, I'm never going to do what anybody tells me to do. But for the most part, I do believe in the goodness of people. And they're going to do the right thing. But when you get resistance, such resistance that you have to embed a marketing firm in the CDC to try to push your what you want people to do and pay them 50 million dollars to do it. If you have to put out two, Yeah, I don't know what that contract was for with that one marketing firm.
2: And it just wasn't one marketing firm; it was multiple marketing firms from multiple federal agencies.
1: Oh, good heavens! Multiple marketing firms. If if you and then just one of the um, funding from the White House, two billion dollars to overcome vaccine hesitancy. If if really if something really worked, <laughs> you would not need such mass control and lies and subterfuge and omission of important information to get people to it. It's just insane. It is. Um, So I've rambled quite a bit. So I'm going to now. you've, I know you've got some things along this realm that you've been exploring. So,
2: so one of the things that we have to um, come to terms with is that right now we are looking at a push for, and again, I have to say that if you talk to me 10 years ago, I can't believe I'm actually saying these things. The words are coming out of my mouth. Yes, that the idea of global governance, a, a, a one-world government, was such a crackpot right-wing conspiracy.
0: Exactly. And
2: this has nothing to do with left or right or politics. That there was there was a push towards a one-world government, a global um, a global corporatist control system. I would have said, stay away from me you conspiracy theorist, but the reality <laughs> is the following. There are organizations, there have been global organizations for well over 200 years that have been working towards harnessing the power of governments globally to basically have a one world set of rules. Mm-hmm. And the corporations are the most efficient vehicles because you have, you know, uh, world trade organization, GATT, TTP, um, is TTP uh, tran- trade tr- tr- trans uh, the tr- uh, TTP stands for the Transnational uh, Trade Trans-Pacific TPP Trans-Pacific.
4: Okay. <laughs>
2: Sorry about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no problem. So there, there's all these there's all these treaties that have been that have basically allowed uh, corporations instead of writing laws to write um, basically rules and regulations, not laws, but that will actually take a step away from the, the court system and, be, and basically have an adjudication system that is controlled by businesses, mm-hmm. okay? One example mm-hmm. is the World Health Organization.
4: Mm-hmm. And
2: one, one a particular set of rules, the International Health Regulations, the IHR, is something that is now being discussed uh, by many nations, or, including the United States this year, and it's being discussed behind closed doors in Davos, uh, to basically set up a new set of rules and regulations in which when you create a pande- uh, 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 a uh, health emergency of international concern, that all of a sudden the, the governments will cede authority to the WHO to basically manage this public health uh, emergency of international concern. Now, you know, here's the thing. You know, everyone thinks that it's crazy. It's being discussed. And the, you can actually read the rules and regulations. Last time, I think a year and a half ago,
0: mm-hmm. there
2: was such, no, it was less than that. It was like four months ago. Um, there was such a um, stir because the actual uh, the actual document came out and people were able to read it, that the pushback was so fierce yeah. that, you know, there was 15 conditions that were going to be voted on. Only one was voted on, and it was the least intrusive of them. But now they're actually pushing it again. Yep.
1: Yeah, so um, the Defender, Children's Health Defense uh, online magazine, the Defender, today's article is exclusive. World Health Organization proposals could strip nations of their sovereignty, create worldwide totalitarian state expert warns and this is an interview with francis boyle jd phd bioweapons expert and professor of international law at the university of illinois Um, i encourage people to go read that go to the defender children's health defense.org i think it's backslash defender Mm -hmm. Um, search for those words you'll find it and it is very concerning and and if we bring this back and i i know you're going to talk more which is fantastic um but I always want to keep directing people back to the and yes. and local level. That's why you understanding that you as a human being on this planet, no, no law that, that these idiots in another get together and put together, they have no right to usurp your human rights. Correct. Right. And mm-hmm. you need to believe that. So when they come and they try to tell you, you can't do this or you can't do that. They have, they don't have the authority and, and the stronger you are in your community and you know, your County commissioners, you know, your sheriff, you know, your mayor, you know, your neighbors, you know, that whole community and you've discussed things and you work together. Then when these things begin to happen, you as a community are in a strong place of understanding your true human rights. Correct. Yeah. Okay.
2: Now, if people want to really find out, you know, the, the many organizations that are involved are all interweaved with one another. The world economic forum is just one and it's at the top of the pile. It it's been, it's basically there to manage and do the marketing for other organizations uh, that are out there. So I'm just going to share, I'm going to, uh, uh, show a a brief clip here, um, of a, not a debate, but a presentation that, uh, uh, occurred uh, during one of the World Economic Forums. And I think people just need to listen to this.
1: Okay, good. Oh, we're not getting the sound. Let's try that again. When you share, did you click the little box that says uh, share sound of try that again? And we'll see ah, if that. There we go. That comes through. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Take him a minute. He'll pull this up. There we go. Uh, it's coming folks, I promise.
5: When You brought the Young Global Leaders Program here for executive education and then the Schwab Fellows. But there are two countries in the world now in which the Young Global Leaders have emerged. Tell us just a bit about that in terms of the governance. Yes, um, actually this um, notion to integrate Young Leaders uh, <coughs> is part of the World Economic Forum since many years. And I have to say, um, when I mention our names like Mrs. Merkel, uh, even uh, Vladimir Putin, and so on, they all have been young global leaders of the world economic forum. But um, what we are very proud of now is the young generation, like uh, Prime Minister Trudeau, um, President of, uh, of uh, Argentina, and so on, that we penetrate the cabinets. So yesterday I was at a reception for Prime Minister Trudeau, and I know that half of this cabinet, or even more half of uh, half of this cabinet, are for our actually young leaders of the world. Economic. and that's true in Argentina too. Well, wow. yeah, sorry, that's true in Argentina as well. It's true in Argentina and uh, it's so in France now. I am be the president, with a young global leader, but what is important for me is those young global leaders have an opportunity to come here, mm-hmm. and we have established uh, a course uh, now since several years. And I think it has this cooperation has a tremendous impact because um, being here for a week really creates a strong community and we in addition to the young global leaders we have now the global shapers in 450 cities around the world
1: yeah so i hope people could kind of understand that let's talk a little bit do you have another one to play um javier or was that just an image of Biden was, shaking his hand?
2: <laughs> Biden shaking his hand. And it's, it's you know, every single president, uh, including Trump, uh, has attended the World Economic Forum. Some have been members. Some have just participated. Uh, the governor here in Idaho is scheduled to attend uh, Davos for the World Economic Forum. Jay Inslee, I think, has attended uh, the World Economic Forum in Davos.
0: Mm-hmm. Um
2: so this is something that's well-coordinated where they actually get together and they train folks on how to sell the ideas of the World Economic Forum, how to present the ideas, and also how to deflect certain questions. Like, you know, what is what is the legal statute of, for example, introducing um, uh, ESG uh, at a government level? And ESG and- stands for um, Environment, uh, Environment Society and... Uh, Oh, I'll have, to, I'll have to look at that. It's it's a term being used uh, to to basically uh, value or provide a guidance for corporations, and it's being applied to government on yeah. on on at those levels.
1: And it, it's really frightening. You know, he talked about. In case you didn't understand, it's like Justin Trudeau, Prime Minister of Canada, is one of those young leaders, and he said it. More than half of the cabinet in Canada have been young leaders trained. Correct with the World Economic Forum, and you look at the atrocities happening and the horrible things that Justin Trudeau has done, it's it, it just sort of blows me away to, to think of it. Um, and, you know, I'm going to do a little segue, um, and I want to mention uh, the wonderful artist Five Times August. Have you listened to the music of Five yes. Times August? Yeah, mm-hmm. I just... It's so powerful, and you know sometimes on my way to the Capitol, I'll put it in and I'll just rock out because it just it, you know fires me up. But every time I listen to it, I every it's like every word is so carefully chosen the 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 lyrics, and I there was one of the numbers on the album that I hadn't listened to much and I hadn't paid much attention to, and I really listened to this time and I was just blown away because the title of the song is "This Just In." This just in, another liar on the news, standing at the pulpit ready to abuse. This just in, another coward in control, scared by the sounds, so he hides in a hole. Well, (laughs) it didn't dawn on me until I heard this like five times that Justin, this is Justin Trudeau he's singing about. Yep. This just in and he'll call on the guards to trample the crowd remember you know with the truckers and he he brought those guys on horseback and they trampled that poor woman on the, the And those were not
2: those were not Canadian police
1: Who who were those We, we don't, don't
2: know. know and apparently someone had actually uh followed uh was followed the where those guys were going uh, they were wearing complete you know basically riot gear green riot gear with no identifiers, nothing to mm. say. This is Ottawa Police. This is, you know, uh, Canadian Mounties. It was all completely nondescript. And when they when they actually went, they actually followed them to two airplanes at a local airfield. And I, I'm not making this up. Those two planes had UN markings. Which I,
1: I, again, I believe you, but it's done. That is so. Frightening and nobody on in major media covered this.
2: Covered it. And here's the thing: I guarantee you, anyone that tries to make that connection, and again, I don't I I hate sounding like this because it plays into every single conspiracy theory that has been thrown around for 20 years, right?
0: And
1: and yet, and yet (laughs) Javier just stopped it 20 years ago. This was already being put into motion, and those people who saw the conspiracy. It really was happening, but that's what they do is it's like with the vaccine movement. If you are critical of the vaccine industry, you're a, un, a science denier in foil hat anti-vaxxer. They have disparaged the use of propaganda and marketing. I used to think that the lawyers were evil, um, but now I yeah. think that the marketing departments, people who creatively market things so that that human beings can be manipulated control that's that's way more evil than
4: attorney.
2: exactly
1: and and in fact there's some great attorney okay i'm going to score one more time
2: go
4: for like, it
1: get get five times the august album it's brilliant and listen carefully to the words and every time you hear it you'll remember oh my gosh he's describing this event this event this yep. happened and it's just wow Exactly. Um, oh i forgot where my squirrel was going what we doing <laughs>
2: We were talking about the 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 conspiracy theories that twenty years ago people yeah. talked about. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It, it, it's it, oh, it was really good that I had to say it was a reason why I was going to go there. So hopefully it will pop. I should always jot that down so that
4: exactly
1: that that I can um I can come back to it. Um, but but one, you go ahead.
2: One more thing I wanted to bring up was, um, for the longest time I was trying to understand how is it the FDA could actually do what it did which is basically bypass all good clinical practices, especially mm-hmm. what has been established for even, even the poor vaccine studies that have been done
0: mm-hmm.
2: the poor vaccine clinical trials that have been done. They at least showed some restraint where they, where they did four or five years minimum of yeah. study on, on vaccines. And this, this with a completely new yeah. delivery system, a gene therapy again, folks, this is a gene therapy.
0: Yeah.
2: Even, Pfizer and Moderna classify this on their websites as gene therapies. FDA classifies the jabs as gene therapies. The only reason that they're allowed to be called vaccines is because they're under an emergency use authorization that they were actually pushed into that particular category Mm -hmm. because the rules were just suspended. They were just, everything was was turned upside down. But one thing I wanted to mention is that there are two great uh, researchers. One is Catherine Watt, and the other one is Sasha Latepova. And Catherine uh, has been working, uh, basically uh, working at, at the local level in her state. I believe it's New Jersey, where she was trying to help folks understand what the legal rights were under the Constitution. But she has, and she's a paralegal, so she has a great understanding of how to do legal research. And one of the things that she uncovered as part of her research on the entire COVID uh, and the pandemic, it's not a pandemic, it's a pandemic, uh, is that um, she found that uh, Pfizer was contracted, both Pfizer and Moderna were contracted by, by the Department of Defense to produce these jobs, that there was yeah. a special authorization, and there is now a set of uh, statutes and regulations in the United States code that, and also under presidential executive orders that have been built up over the years to allow for certain quick dispersals of agents and countermeasures, not vaccines, not uh, antibiotics, countermeasures. Hmm. This is something she published and the great Peter McCullough uh, 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 is gonna try and interview both Uh, Catherine and Sasha Mm -hmm. with with relating to what they've uncovered, because this is not, this is not a public health rollout. This is what uh, the DOD classified as a pilot project for uh, production at, at scale of countermeasures.
1: Wow. And, you know, it, when the show's over, uh, Javier, if you could send me those links so I can provide them in the show notes, you know, when Absolutely. we post on our sub stack for people to find these resources you're coming up with. Thank you so much.
2: Of course. And again, this is, this is shocking at so many levels because what's been happening is that over the years, they've been making law uh, uh, legal changes that are unlawful under the Constitution, mm. and basically using the layers of, of, of different bureaucratic uh, levels to create control systems and decision branch points to direct funds and research to certain things like these countermeasures. Countermeasures to what? I don't know. But this is this is something that's been legalized. You can actually these were known not to be vaccines. These were something else
1: wow that this is like a whole other layer of you know there's a book it's a brilliant book that's heart wrenching to read and they made the movie of it um sophie's choice yes the the author of that and i can't remember his name but i had never read the seen the movie when i read the book years ago and what i recall about the structure of the book it was so powerful because the character Sophie told her story and you got a certain layer. But then as she was interacting with the character who was the author of the story telling her journey, you learned, no, that wasn't the full truth. There was this, okay, underneath. And it was like peeling an onion and you got layer and layer and layer until now I'm getting the chills. You got what Sophie's choice was really all about. And it was so awful that she had enclosed it in all these stories surrounding it, not fully revealing until you found out. And then, you know, you're sort of devastated and devastated on her behalf. Yeah. Um, yeah. Very powerful.
2: Exactly. So that is, that is something that I think um, as more and more Americans engage in, in and it's more and more, uh, and I say this in, in, in its, in its truest intent as more and more global citizens begin to, Unravel the onion of their own jurisdictions, their own uh, sovereign states, their own legal structures. More and more is coming to light about, um, you know, the 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 secret deals that were ongoing. So, for example, Pfizer would only uh, uh, require that governments sign a contract, but not reveal what the contract stated uh, before they would actually release the uh, uh, the the. Uh, gene therapies Mm -hmm. uh, into their nations. They wanted full immunity and they wanted absolute zero transparency about the contracts. Uh, Mm -hmm. I think about a month ago, there was an inquest in which the ministry of justice uh, uh, basically ordered the ministry of health to release the Pfizer document. What country? Israel. Israel. Okay. The ministry of self (laughs) get this. The ministry of health said, We can't find it. They can't find the signed document, which is ridiculous.
1: The dog ate it.
2: The dog ate it, right? So we have all these hidden contracts that were uh, developed (laughs) and farmed out to the rest of the world that were under an other uh, transactional authority uh, regulation. OTA basically is something that uh, Congress passed, I think, 10 years ago that relieves um, any uh, corporation agency uh, from uh, doing having any oversight under this contract OTA other transactional authorizations and basically suspends any requirements and that's how these how the DoD uh, implemented this particular uh, request from for Pfizer and Moderna to get these shots out.
1: So, what what's the level of need to know basis in the government? Say if this is a DOD rollout, a pilot program, a, a manufacturing. Countermeasure, manufacturing and countermeasures program yeah. for what we do not know yet. The excuse was SARS-CoV-2, but whether right. you know that was the excuse or whatever. What is the layer do they discuss? Do the people at the FDA themselves, the Verbac, the Vaccine and Related Biological Committee, the, the, the people who did the vote at the FDA to authorize emergency use, are they aware of this?
2: They need What's- to be sued. Every member in the committee needs to be brought to a court and say where you ordered or where you're shown the rules and regulations that govern this particular oversight for this particular clinical trial or these sets of clinical trials, because it seems that there was or there might have been uh, a particular order where they uh, where they may or may not have been told about this, because so I yeah I still who, can't believe it.
1: Who knows what when from the outside yeah. as just a mama bear, just somebody who's got yeah. a degree and nothing to do with making vaccines, but who you know has read a lot. Common sense says when the information presented even even the people it's being presented to are saying um well what do you mean you don't have any data on that well we didn't do the studies we don't have the data on this we don't know we don't know what we don't know okay Why? and let's yeah. take a vote 100 percent vote to go ahead and push it on the american people so you know it doesn't take no rocket scientists to figure out something's weird here and it's just been infuriating to see that happened and it seems like the only way that could be happening i've speculated all along that there's been pressure from somewhere where they feel like they're between a rock and a hard place they might not want to authorize this because they see there's not enough data and it may be dangerous but if they don't what whatever forces that be are making them do it and it's too late they can't turn back now you're in the system you know um
2: and again this is something And this is the the one thing is, again, Children's Health Defense is putting up these great articles. Uh, I think uh, Patrick uh, Boyle Mm -hmm. is not a lightweight. This guy has an international reputation. Mm -hmm. And he's actually stating this point blank. He was there. He worked for the UN. He was the guy that basically said, hey, you know, we really need to establish a bioweapons convention. Otherwise, you know, Iraq was an issue, you know, bioweapon. So this is a guy who knows his stuff. This is a guy who's actually, uh, uh, who, who is a lawyer, mm. who, who understands the law. This is not someone who's, who's into flights of fancy. He's making the case that this is something that needs to be looked at very carefully. Very that careful. this is actually, treaties are legally binding documents of law for any nation. Yeah. So when you enter yeah. into a treaty, you better go in there with your eyes wide open on it. And right yeah. now, we're not going in it with eyes wide open on this.
1: Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. I was going to look up one other thing that you made me just think of um, on um, Five Times August. <laughs> I was going to quote him again. He's like, that. my favorite poet in, in there. Yeah. Um, and I can't play his music on the air because it's copyright. So I don't know quite <laughs> how that works. Right. But I, wanna, I, I wish I could play it. But now my this computer's battery's dying, so hopefully it will pull up for me and I can get this. Um, all right. So, Bailey Wick News. Tell us about that. You just g- gave that link. Do you want to share that? And, oh, that's the same. Sure. That's Catherine. Um, yes. Or is that different?
2: It's the same one. So this is uh, Catherine and uh, Sasha Latipova have been work there. Their work sort of came together beautifully because okay. someone was coming in from the uh, the FDA regulatory side and the other person was coming in from the constitutional legal side, looking at what were the laws enacted, you know, uh, defense laws, uh, bioweapons laws, um, um, pandemic laws, things like that. And they they intersected quite beautifully, and they've been interviewed several times. Peter McCullough now is coming to you know he, they've gone they've come up on his radar, so he's planning to do an interview with them. Um, the, these are individuals that have spent a great deal of time trying to understand the nuts and bolts and the legal uh, and regulatory environment of how this could have happened. Yeah. And it seems like there are several levels where you have certain key decision points. That includes HHS, CDC, uh, Secretary, of the Arm- Secretary of Defense, uh, the, you know, Vice President, and all these other layers um, that uh, are key decision points for allowing or implementing certain programs. And it appears that the, the, the DOD program for this uh, uh, manufacturing demonstration, and again, it was amazingly quick. How these uh, gene therapy injections were manufactured and produced.
3: So, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm.
2: there's a lack of oversight. That the manufacturing pra- practices are so bad that they don't meet a good manufacturing plant's uh, uh, good manufacturing practices, which oh. is you known of yeah. what FDA requires.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It and you know it, it does make you wonder. You know what was. Trump's involvement involvement and knowledge base when yes. he started this warp speed you know was <clears throat> that's what i mean is who knew what when what were they being told was he did he understand he was part of this or did he really think that that the SARS-CoV-2 virus was real scary and he needed to be a hero and do this warp speed i mean you know what what were the who knew what when what was the motivation um that's you know i you just kind of want to know and then who who was terrified yeah. not to do what they were being told so they wouldn't be disappeared right. or whatever you know this is wow well what's
2: interesting it, is that at a at a conference at a particular um i'm trying to I'm, i've been i've been trying to find i remember mike pompeo was at this um uh, uh press conference in which pompeo uh president trump and fauci were at a news conference and they were discussing the recent reports of SARS-CoV-2 and some of the things that were being implemented. And Pompeo said, yeah, this is a live exercise.
1: This is a live exercise. This
2: is a live exercise. If I can find the link to it, I will send it to you because I still remember looking at him thinking, what is he talking about a live exercise? Is that a military operation? Is that a, a scenario plan? What are they talking about? So it was weird to see the secretary of defense, Pompeo, former head of the CIA, former director of the CIA saying, this is, you know, this is a live exercise. And, you know, I remember president Trump saying, is this, you know, is this actually real or is this, is this made up, you know, mm-hmm. is this an exercise or, or is it, or are we, are we actually having a pandemic and Fauci being there, you know, predicting for in 2017 that, right, yeah, president Trump's yeah. going to face this. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah. it's, it's amazing to see so,
0: that.
1: Yeah. I mean, this is all such good information that we're, you're bringing to us today, Javier, and that we're talking about. Um, let, let's in the last few minutes that we have kind of turn it back now that we've terrified everybody um, <laughs> they're in the midst of a live exercise and we're really in the we're middle still of that, here. So We're still here. We're still here. And we're talking. still here. Right. And that, and that's the thing. Yeah. Um, In the first hour, we learned from Gina, you know, how exciting and wonderful it can be to take control of your health, to go get back to the basics and live according, um, you know, to the earth and respect the natural immune system. And um, but then the next is to reach out to your bigger community. And I say this as somebody who didn't know the names of my legislators until I was 50, Um, and I, I didn't know so much and, um, but I encourage you to take those steps to begin to know your neighbor, get to know people in your community. Even if you don't have kids in school, whatever's your nearest school, go to school board meetings. These children are the future of this world. And of course you care about them. We all care about the future of children Hear What's being said and done, what the concerns are. If you've only experienced interacting with the police or the sheriff because you you get in a speeding ticket and you're terrified and you get pulled over. That's not a good working relationship. Right, right, right. Right. So especially your sheriff. The you know the police have a kind of a different role and you know there's most police are awesome and I fully support you know our men and women in blue who um, help keep um, law and order. But go, go meet your county sheriff. They are constitutional supporters and, you know, get a, get a meeting with them and just say, Hey, there's so much going on in the world and going on in our state. I just want to talk to you one human being to another, you know, develop a relationship. That seems really odd to do, but by gum, if you do it, you know, I, I know, you know, my sheriff, he sees me, Hey, how you doing? We recognize each other. We've had conversations. um, And that's only since I moved here. Right. I, I, didn't i didn't even think about giving that advice until the last couple of years. Uh you can get to know your county coroner. There there are a lot of people who um went and talked to them and said what are you seeing as far as deaths go, you know? Um and are they being researched? And you know, you can get right. to know this public health official um and and find out, you know, what they know and what their concerns are. These are just individuals in your community who get up every morning just like you do and have breakfast and whatever. And, and they are on in positions of authority that intimidate us. And we shouldn't let that be. We need to make relationships with that because they're there to, to serve us. They're public servants. And some of them just by gum, I'm so glad they they're willing to step in. I wouldn't want to be a sheriff today. Well, I don't know if I ever want to be a sheriff. It's not in my personality. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody wants to see that. Um, But you know, Um, There's people who, uh, so get to know that. And and then, you know, if things get bad at the top, you've got this nice, these relationships formed. You've got this community. You can begin to change votes. You can run for little local offices. Make that human to human connection because only when something is distant and cold and inhumane can it happen. But when it's somebody you know, eye to eye, you've spoken you've had coffee you've interacted that that pretense prevents a lot of atrocities
2: it, right it is so it is so essential to make sure that you are seen as a human being first and a member of the community that makes it so difficult to implement inhumane laws and inhumane statutes mm-hmm. um and, you know, it, it's a shame that we couldn't get our public health officials uh, to interact with the communities the way they did. But again, that was by design. And that's.
1: Yeah. Oh, somebody. Hello.
2: <laughs> hey. You're on the radio.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Hi. Is, like, Hi. is that your handsome young son? There you. Yes.
2: Go away now.
1: <laughs> he, he's so tall. Um, I, I want to say, but time's about running out here. And. Um, It's a bit of a squirrel, as I always do, but I'm just remembering on January 28th, um, there's an event, a listening session event, it's called. And go to informedchoicewild.org. I apologize. I meant to have this at my fingertips. Oh, here I can do it. Oh, I don't think I have the link yet um, created to pull up. But... Go to our website and it will be there very soon. It's going to be a listening event where if you've been harmed by what happened in COVID from lockdown, mask up, shut down, churches closed, the shot hospital protocol, it's going to be an opportunity to go have your voice be heard. There's going to be some speakers and we're going to, we need to start this healing process. And by knowing you have a community, knowing you are believed, knowing that you're not alone in your journey of what you experience, that's going to be really helpful. So, uh, tune into you know, go to informedchoicebot.org, and we'll be putting information out there. Sign up to get our newsletter. We'll be pushing it out that way as well. And I'll talk about it next week um, on the show. So you we got, got we got one minute here. Yes.
2: And here's the thing: don't ever believe that every, you know everyone's been saying that they've been given immunity. Pfizer and Moderna have been given immunity for all the things that they've done don't believe a word of it. Fraud mitigates all contracts and this is fraudulent. So go out there and fight. If you've been injured, fight because it is fraud what was done. And it was an unlawful, it was an illegal contract that was instigated to make this happen. And again, nothing governments right now, every single institution should fear the anger of the citizenry.
1: Yeah. But peaceful protest peaceful protest right (laughs) we're not going to let you set on that
2: peaceful protest
1: exactly you got it there javier well thank you so much for this great hour of conversation my friend you've been listening to an informed life radio on eleven fifty a.m kknw and chd tv we will be back next week take care
2: hi i'm bryde dacus president and founder of the pacific justice institute For over 25 years, PJI's mission has been to defend religious freedom, parental rights, and the sanctity of human life. PJI has protected patients from being taken off life support and stood up for citizens around the country facing job loss for medical decisions that should be left between them and their doctor. For free legal representation and resources, visit pji.org.
4: Hi, I'm Lynn Redwood president of the nonprofit Children's Health Defense. Our chairman, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., and our entire team are devoted to ending the epidemic of illnesses and disorders plaguing our children today. Through legal action, we're working to hold industries and government agencies accountable and to establish safeguards to prevent further harm. We're working overtime during this COVID-19 crisis to keep you informed about the politics and science of rush vaccine candidates. Freedom and our children's futures have never been more in jeopardy, but we can succeed. With your help, we can stop the devastation and give our children and grandchildren the healthy future they deserve. To learn more about what we're doing and how you can help, visit Children'sHealthDefense.org and sign up for our free news. Please visit Children'sHealthDefense.org today.
0: Are you suffering from a sinking feeling that the COVID-19 pandemic is being blown out of proportion and that nothing in the news is making any sense? If so, then there is a fact-based, science-driven news show designed just for you.